Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning. Good morning, beloved. It's good to be with you. The camera's a little close to you today um, because we're having camera problems. And so I'm right on top of you. It's too close, too too close for comfort. Um, But we'll be okay. We'll just be cozy. All right. Let me see. How's that? That's my, that's my headphone. So welcome. And it's delightful to be with you. And those of you who are listening just by radio, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's quite all right. Those of you who are able to watch live stream, um, just uh, we're a little cozy this morning. We've got to fix the camera somehow. So God bless you. It's good, 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 good to be with you. And I've been reading uh, nonstop. You know, we our newsletter is... Um, going to be out in email this week. If you are signed up for our newsletter um, and by email, uh, if you if you get it in the regular mail, um, which I love when you get it by regular mail because we always include a special holy card or, or some other gift with it, but um, if you get it by email, then you can always call in and ask for whatever it is uh, that's not in your email, uh, little extras. And we'll mail them to you. But the email version, it will be out. It's complete, and it will be out on the web, uh, rather uh, by email this week. And then the the print version will be out, probably arrive in your homes um, in a couple of weeks. I know that the distance between them is is large, uh, the time distance. But I I don't like to wait once the newsletter is ready. This is a particular timely newsletter. And I speak of the Amazon Synod in the newsletter um, and uh, uh, other things and something, um, you know, I've created, many of you know that, this little uh, creature, she's called Zelda, which was actually my sister's Hebrew name, Zelda. Um, And she is a Hebrew Catholic. She's Jewish and became Catholic like me. She's my little creation. And she asks questions all through the newsletter. We do this all the time. Um, And she kind of speaks for others. Um, And so this time, she asked, uh, of course, I asked through her. She said, Mother, you know, we don't know who to believe anymore, and uh, it's very difficult who to follow, and we were taught to follow those in authority over us. We want to do that, but sometimes they teach things that seem quite contrary to the Church's teaching. What do we do about that? Who do we follow? How do we know what's true? And she said, you know, uh, she went in from that to to remind me, (laughs) um, I'm reminding me through Zelda, that um, I once talked about forming uh, a a special kind of an oblates of the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, and um, I'm kind of giving out this surprise news to you all in advance. 
um, we've shortened it and we're calling it Mary's Oblates. And it's going to be a very, it, it'll be on the rule of St. Benedict. It's going to be very gradual. I'm going to build it as we go. Um, and all the information is in this newsletter. And there's actually a form that anyone can cut out and fill out in the names of you. It could be just for you, male or female, any age, any location. It makes no differences for everybody. It could be for husband and wife. It could be uh, for a whole family. I even have the spaces for the names and ages of the children. And we're just going to build slowly and walk this walk together uh, to stay firm, to stay faithful to the church, and to begin to live a rule of life very, very easily. The rule of St. Benedict is known as the rule for beginners. Um, and so the little rule for beginners, it's known. Of. In fact, um, uh, there's an article by Father Dwight Longnecker, who is an oblate priest, um, a Benedictine oblate priest, and he's written a book called The Little Rule and the Little Way. And The Little Rule and the Little Way is um, uh, speaks about St. Benedict and St. Therese of Lisieux. Hers is the little way and St. Benedict is the little rule. It's just magnificent. And so there's no cost to anything. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to qualify. We only need your name and address and, you know, the contact information so that we could send you. We're going to have a monthly mailing and um, uh, we're going to mail everybody a gift as uh, of the the rule of St. Benedict to start with. Just a little, little book on that. Um, and so it's all in our newsletter. And if you would like, if you're not on our mailing list and you'd like to receive this issue, um, now, uh, you need to sign up. Um, you can, if you do it today, you might still get in the email mailing. Um, but if you, if you're late with that, uh, we've already sent the email mailing out. We'll send a, a subsequent mailing at the end of the week for those who have signed up newly, and then you'll get it automatic after that. And again, you can go to our website, which is www.motherofisraelshope.org. Click on newsletters, a little tab toward the right, and right there is a little note to subscribe. And just click on that, subscribe. And again, no cost or anything. It's only for our newsletters. We don't give out anybody's email. We don't send out junk mail. We don't, we've never sent out of even a financial request. We send out three, maybe four newsletters a year and we have a little donation card in them if anybody wants to do anything with it. But that's it. So, um, but no one is obligated to donate ever, ever, ever. God meets our needs. Uh, just as he meets yours, beloved, not a problem. So, um, okay. So again, uh, if you'd like to receive the newsletter, even the current one, I'm sorry, I'm trying to fix my computer here. Um, even the current one, go to www.motherofisraelshope.org. Israel's is I S R A E L S. Um, hope, mother of Israel's hope.org. Uh, the newsletter tag tab and just subscribe and it'll get right in there today and we'll get you that newsletter. Um, if the email doesn't go through, maybe you're or the G or you don't get on our website for some reason, just look, look up daughters of Mary, mother of Israel's hope and you'll get it. Okay. 
Good. So you're the first ones in the world in on what we're going to be doing. It was going to be a surprise in the newsletter, but if you don't get the newsletter, you won't get the surprise. So um, uh, you're welcome. We'd love you to be part of the family. And again, there's never an obligation to do anything. And the rule of St. Benedict, uh, we're going to start extremely simply, and it's only going to be a monthly newsletter, and each newsletter is going to have another tiny step in the formation process. Tiny. Because I've learned that if, you know, you're not religious, you're not doing this 24-7, and it's adaptable to your work schedule, to your family schedule, it's very adaptable, and you do what you can. You don't have to do everything. But that's one of the reasons we're going to begin extremely simply, extremely simply. So, um, uh, and again, there's, you, you don't pass or fail. You do what you can do with your family. If there's a prayer for you to say with your family every day and you get to it only on Sundays, that's a step that you haven't done before. That's okay. You can build in time. It's not, there's no shoulds. There's nothing to worry about. It's, it's to help us to walk this, um, to walk this walk, to uh, stay on the narrow path, on the true Catholic path, as the Church is being destroyed. It will never be destroyed from without, but it is, and it will never be destroyed from within, because the gates of hell will never prevail. Those are our Lord's words. He knows what he's saying. Um, and it will not prevail, but it's going to be dwindled down to a remnant. And we need to be part of that remnant. The Amazon Synod coming up in October, I have the information in the newsletter on it. Uh, And um, it is um, bishops, this is nothing, I'm not spreading gossip, it's all over the web. Bishops have declared that after that Amazon Synod, nothing will be the same. The church will not be the same. And I will tell you this, in any way that it's not the same, it will mean its destruction. Uh, It will mean its confusion. Uh, It's basically giving up Catholicism. Uh, um, It's awful. It's also frightening in a way, but we don't have to be afraid. We walk with Christ. And there have been tremendous crises in the church in the past, uh, where even most of the bishops... Uh, had gone into um, heresy, um, and the church was still saved. There are still good bishops, and there is still a good handful of um, wonderful laity who have saved the church in the past. So I want to give us a way. It's not good for us to be alone. And I w- there are many ways. There are good bishops, um, wonderful bishops out there, and wonderful apostolates doing magnificent things, um, I want to add our little part to um, to help us along in this path and to live in the world and not of it. It's time to do that, beloved. It's time to be in the world and not of it. Um, uh, and we don't withdraw into a cocoon, but we do become a very faithful Catholic people who have the only message the world needs. We have exactly what the world needs, beloved. And so um, we cannot keep it to ourselves. And if we don't live a faithful life, we'll do nobody any good. 
no one any good. So, okay. Um, I'm going to continue. We'll probably finish it now. An article that Father John Harden wrote 20 years ago on matrimony, the sacrament, the sacrament of fidelity and procreation. And we're now up to the subtitle, The Family, the Foundation of Our Faith. And he says, and we began this yesterday. Let me see. Um, um, let me just re- reread a couple of sentences to get us into uh, where we're up to now. So he says, St. Paul again tells us that faith comes from hearing. Someone who already believes professes the faith in word or action, and others receive the faith from God, of course, but through the one who believes. You see, faith comes from hearing, and it comes from hearing through we, those of us who believe, or others who believe. And that's why I am profoundly and eternally grateful for the Station of the Cross and for LifeSite News that we can communicate together. It's very wonderful. And in just about 15 minutes, we'll have a break, and then we'll take your calls and your texts and your emails, and we'll be able to talk together with whatever whatever is on your heart. Father Hardin says, this is the ordinary course of divine providence. Only believers reproduce other believers. And I'm going to add, beloved, that is especially true in the family. You will not reproduce believers, your children, if you simply tell them what to do and take them to church on Sunday. You will not reproduce believers. You will reproduce believers only by what you are, by what you do, by your example. That's it. Um, Nothing else. Uh, Your children will learn by what you do, not by what you say. They are very keen to hypocrisy. And if you say to do something one way and you um, and you don't live it as an example, not only will they not learn it, they will turn from it because they will see it as a religion of hypocrisy, of mere formality, not of what God has given us. Um, okay. How do I say? Um, we see, therefore, Father Hardin says that the family is certainly the source of our natural generation and education as human beings, but it is also and especially the source and support of our supernatural life and well-being. For it is mainly through the family that we receive and grow in the true faith, without which the supernatural life could not even be possible. This is why the faith of each member of the family is so necessary to provide the sustenance, um, the sustenance in faith that the other members of the family so desperately need. First, in this law of dependence uh, are the father and mother. The strength of their own Catholic faith will determine the strength of their children's faith. By the designs of God, they are the principal channels of grace, of faith to their children. Do you hear that, beloved? It's not the church. It's not the schools, even Catholic schools, not the church either. It is the family. It is the parents. 
the church and the schools will just be a formality for those children if the faith is not lived at home. Father Hardin says, what is true in the course of nature is even more true in the order of grace. Like, like reproduces like. In today's world of widespread unbelief, this will mean nothing less than heroic faith in the parents if they hope to reproduce and preserve this faith in their offspring. Heroic faith, beloved. Heroic faith. And um, this is written 20 years ago. And Father Hardin knew that. Even 20 years ago we were living this, and today it's much, much worse. Father says, it is here that we must at least briefly explain what I have come to call the four pillars of the Catholic family. They are fidelity, indissolubility, children, and selfless charity. So first, fidelity. He says the first pillar of the Catholic family is the obligation that the husband and wife um, assumed when they received the sacrament of matrimony. They promised God that they would remain faithful to each other in a world that has canonized infidelity and makes a mockery of the marriage vows. And I'll tell you, beloved, it's not only the world that's making a mockery of those marriage vows, but even the church is doing that. Even bishops are um, welcoming homosexuality, same-sex marriage. It is a horror. I would say it's a... um, Yes, it's heresy. Yes, it's apostasy. But it's, it's horrifying to think that they could turn like that from the faith, whether they ever had it or whether they fell. Years ago, I, when I read um, the letter of, of um, St. Paul to Peter, that in the latter days, um, many, even bishops, prelates, will turn. Even the elect will be deceived. I said, how is it possible? How can the elect be deceived? How is that even possible? Um, and I see it now. I see it now. Now, whether they were ever truly saved, whether they ever ever truly saved, um, uh, not ultimately, obviously, but in the sense that they were truly baptized and truly reborn and um uh, truly had the faith and left it, I don't know. I, I can think of certain bishops that I knew and that fell, and there's, there's nothing more shocking to me. I don't get shocked very easily, but to see I could name them and I won't. Um, it's so devastating to see a bishop who was so solid all of a sudden embrace homosexuality, same-sex marriage, women in the priesthood, women deacons. Um, I, 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 offhand, I'm not thinking of other things. It's so devastating, and I say, how on earth did he fall? What happened to him? What happened to him? It's, it's truly devastating. Um, and so it's all the more reason, beloved, that if you're a parent, you must be true to the faith. You are responsible for the souls of your children. 
Remember that parents are to be channels of grace to their children. Hear um, of the grace of faith in the unchangeable teaching of Christ on marital fidelity. This is far deeper than merely giving good example. Father and mother are to be conduits of supernatural light for the sons and daughters they have brought into the world. This next, The first was fidelity. The next is indissolubility. If there is one truth of the Catholic faith that parents must teach their children, it is in the indissolubility of Christian marriage. Indissolubility of Christian marriage, which is to say, beloved, that there is no such thing as divorce. There is no such thing as Christian divorce, as Catholic divorce. No such thing. What God has joined together, no man could put asunder. It's indissoluble. The Catholic Church will survive only where Christ's difficult doctrine on marital indissolubility is still believed and practiced. I'm trying to straighten out this camera, beloved, but I I can't do it because it's a little little crazy today. Um, I don't even know where you are to look at you. (laughs) So I'm looking at my computer right now. Our normal camera is is on the blink. Um, Father Gahardin goes on to say, children... Not every marriage we know is a fruitful is fruitful in children. So we had fidelity, indissolubility, and now children, the third pillar. And Father says not every marriage we know is fruitful in children. One of the heaviest sacrifices that childless couples have to make is to accept God's will in their lives. They must learn the secret of spiritual parenthood and devote their zeal to teaching the faith to other people's children. He says, but where the husband and wife can have offspring, their generosity in reproducing themselves in the single most effective way of propagating the faith to their children, all the orthodoxy of their Catholicism will be lost on deaf ears unless the children see their parents living what they profess to believe. Contraception is lethal for the preservation of the true faith in any age and with thunderous emphasis in our age when infertility has been reduced to an exact science and children have become a liability in the Western world. This is really... um, it's awful, beloved. And I don't know if Father Harden will go on to speak of this, beloved, but if you're not able to have children, um, I certainly would want to urge you to seriously con- consider adoption. God is sovereign. His providence is, is never fails. And there are so many mothers, single mothers, others, who... Uh, give up their children at birth. Many of them never even see the baby, the fruit of the womb. It's just taken from them, that little baby, right away and given to an adoptive parent. You have a, a brand new baby from birth. 
um, any race, any color, any anything. They're brand new right from the mother's womb, and they need a home, and they need someone to raise them. And there's so many parents that are not able to have children. They should be right there when the single uh, young lady uh, gives birth instead of these single young ladies or others going to Planned Parenthood and others and having their children murdered, they need to give them up for adoption. And it's the same with you. If you cannot have children, uh, be there to adopt those that are having children out of wedlock or that don't want them for one reason or cannot have them for one reason or another. And I worked for a number of years for a home for abused and abandoned children, and the ages were five to twelve, and then they went up, they they uh, branched out to up to eighteen, and I tell you what, those children from five to twelve and 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 older, um, they are seen as unwanted because not very many families want children over the age of five. Uh, They want little babies to raise. So it's very rare that that families raise, take in children that are older. It's a magnificent thing to do. So many millions of orphans in the world. It's a wonderful thing to do, beloved. I pray if you're not able to have children that you'd consider being an adoptive parent or certainly helping children's homes or helping parents Uh, maybe that have to work and they need someone at home to help them with the children. God bless you, beloved. There's the music for our break and uh, we'll be right back after the break. The toll-free number to call or text is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. In St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews, we read, Let your life be free from love of money, but be content with what you have. For Jesus has said, I will never forsake you or abandon you. When you trust the Lord with your money, He can do remarkable things. By donating in support of Catholic Radio's efforts to evangelize our world, your gift could be doubled. Many organizations offer gift-matching programs for their employees' charitable donations. If your place of employment is one of them, be sure to take advantage of this opportunity in support of Catholic Radio and our evangelization efforts. May God bless you for your generosity to the Station of the Cross, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true.
Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. We have a a really awkward camera today. Our main camera is on the blink, so we're doing the best we can. And I think I'm too, my face is too close to you, but we have to close your eyes. We have to put up with it. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to our calls and emails. And again, feel free to call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1 877 5483. Uh, you may text at that number as well and uh, email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an e, our first email from someone who writes in anonymously <clears throat> and says, Hello, Mother Miriam. I just want to thank you for everything that you do. You are an instrument of God. Well, that's music to my heart. If God makes any of us an instrument to him uh, for others, it's 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 all we live for. <clears throat> And she writes, last Thursday, you were talking about how Jesus held his own body at the Last Supper. I was so amazed at this. My five-year-old actually told me this one day while we were at Mass. When the priest was consecrating the bread and wine, my daughter said, Mom, so Jesus was holding his own body. I was so shocked and amazed that my five-year-old would say such an amazing thing. Oh, I love it. How wonderful that is. And she continues, she says, when I heard you say this, I, I just had to let you know. Thank you. I hope you know that behind that microphone, you're changing people's lives. God bless you. How beautiful. A little five-year-old hears and repeats it at Mass. Oh, how magnificent. That five-year-old will never forget that her whole life, and she'll teach it to her own children. We have an email from somebody else who writes it anonymously and says, Hi, Mother Miriam. I wanted to share about something that happened and asked for your thoughts on it. My diocese um, has recently appointed a new vocations director, to head seminarian formation. Previously, it was um, a young priest, maybe in his 40s, who was very reverent, one of the only priests in the diocese who still wears his cassock, celebrates Latin Mass as well as Novus Ordo, and just an overall holy man. I always thought to myself, it's good that he's the director. Um, because seminarians need that role model. Then she says, about two months ago, um, he got assigned to a parish, and a new priest took over his role as vocation director. Now this new priest is someone I've known of since I was in children's choir. He definitely tries to fit in with the young ones, often dressing not in clerical clothing. Oh, that's awful. Not, but in skinny jeans, oh, shame on him. Regular shirts, brand name shoes and accessories. 
and sometimes even fixes his hair in a, in a man bun. I'm trying not to detract, but you get what I'm trying to say. I haven't read the rest of your email. Of course, I know what the issue is. I will read the rest of your email, but, but my heart is breaking. I would, I would go uh, to the bishop. At, well, first I'd go to that priest and tell him the effect he has on, on me and on the students. And uh, if, he, if he doesn't get it, I'd go to the bishop. That priest does not belong in the priesthood, let alone the seminary. She said, so I went into adoration this past week, and he was the he was the one leading Holy Hour exposition. He was not wearing a collar or all the black clerical clothing, just sneakers and regular clothes underneath his priest garments, but they're very much visible. I'm trying not to be judgmental. Beloved, you're not being judgmental. God has told us to judge. How are we going to correct one another. What we cannot be judgmental about is the heart, the motives. We cannot determine someone's heart, but we can certainly be judgmental about what they're doing. She says, I'm trying not to be judgmental, but I don't know. It doesn't look right. My question is, are priests required to wear their all-black attire and collar for Mass and other liturgical functions such as adoration? I don't know the answer to what they're required to do. But shame on them if they don't. I will tell you that. I don't know if it's a law. Uh, I've seen many priests wear uh, street clothes under their vestments. It's absolutely disheartening. She goes on to say, I also fear that our seminarian formation might be compromised. Of course it's compromised. It's compromised just by looking at him with the kind of leadership that they're now under. How should I go about that? Um and she says, may the blessed Trinity bless you always for the work you do. I don't even know if there's a woman. I said, she, forgive me, it may be a man. If you could keep the diocese, um, let me see, I wanted to thank you for your advice. Um, for, uh, to one of my emails a few weeks ago, I've gotten the book you read, recommended, your advice has helped me greatly. Well, that's fine. I tell you what, you need to go uh, with others who think as you do. You need to go to the priest directly and tell him uh, what you, uh, your, your, um, your being heartbroken, your discouragement um, uh, about his attire and behavior. And you should tell him that um, if if it if he doesn't understand, and because if he comes back to you negatively and he won't wear his priest garments, and he says, "I know how to reach the kids." Well, he might know how to reach the kids, but these are seminarians, and he has no business not dressing like a priest. Um, I would say to him, um, "We're going to go to our bishop with this because we're this disheartened and we're this concerned." about the formation, the lack of formation, and the improper formation and example our future priests are getting. Now, the, the difficulty with this is that it, it must be the bishop who appointed him. So uh, there's a great, great problem all the way around, um, but I would not keep it silent. I would do a good job. 
I would, before you just went to the priest to express, he'll just take it as your emotions and preference. I don't think it'll make a difference to him. Um, I would get a hold of your past priest who's now been assigned to a parish. I would meet with him first. I would tell him how heartbroken you all are and ask him if there's a book, if there's anything that they could approach this priest or the bishop with. Ask him for guidance of something that he could give this priest to read, that they could give this priest to read, and how they might approach the bishop. Uh, I have a feeling the bishop is part of this. Removing a good holy priest from a seminary and putting someone in who who takes it as a joke. I, I would not. It's terrible. So, okay. Uh, there's the music for our break, beloved. Um, and we'll be back right after the break. It's a good time for you to call in with anything on your heart. one 511 We'll be right back. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download to your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, uh, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. And uh, this is the last segment of our program, but we've got a good 15 minutes ahead of us. And again, you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart. It does not have to be what we're speaking about. And the toll-free number, one 511 5483 or email at mother at We have an email from Elizabeth who writes, Dear Mother, my friend sends me videos of a Messianic Jew um, who has uh, prophetic videos and sounds so good. Is it okay for a Catholic to listen to him or is this Protestant um, and as a practicing Catholic should I not pay attention? Uh, she goes on to describe him and say that he's very, very impressive, but I do, just don't know. Maybe you could enlighten me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, do not watch him. Do not watch Protestant um, prophetic teaching and all of that. Do not do that. Um, there are many Protestants who uh, have prophecy programs Uh I would stay away from them. Stay away from Protestant thinking. You you are lacking nothing in the Catholic Church. You're lacking absolutely nothing. And in our newsletter, which, again, some of you will get by email this week, um, uh, uh, we, have, we've, we have four books on the front cover, and one of them is a book that really was uh, what St. Therese of Lisieux said was the most influential book of her life, and it's called, um, now I forget the title, The End of the World, um, The End of the Present World. Look at good, solid Catholic theology. Look at good, solid Catholic theology. Look at what good priests are saying about the end times and all of that. Don't go off into to things that are, are um, number one, they're not going to be accurate um, they may have some truth in them, but you're, what you're doing is um, you're not focusing on what is full truth and what you should do in these days. Instead of watching those people, uh, you should be learning your faith and guiding others and teaching others and, and preparing for death, actually. Um, uh, I, I think... Um, I think following the Amazon Synod, we're going to get some shocks. And uh, I think we're going to be living a totally different life. Um, and we need to prepare for it now. I said the other day at the beginning of the program, we need to live, uh, John Henry from LifeSite News in that commercial repeated it as if it's true. And that is, if it's true, Sunday is a day of rest. We shouldn't be going to restaurants. We shouldn't be shopping. We shouldn't be going to amusement parks because we are making others serve us on those days at the restaurant, at the amusement parks, at the stores. We're making them serve us. If we weren't, instead of teaching them to be Catholic and to have a family day or a day of worship. You see, if we withdraw and we don't go, they'll all close and then people will have Sunday off. Um, it used to be um, some of my families in Canada, when they were children, all the stores were closed. They couldn't even bounce a ball on the street on, on Sunday. I think we know, need to go back to the worship of God. We have a call from Katie. Are you there, Katie? I am, yes. 
I'm delighted ah, to talk to you, Sister Mariam. Thank you, sweetie. I was, um, I was uh, introduced to you by a very good friend of mine who's been following you since before you um, had this particular radio show. Uh, her name is Kathy Ann Ford. So I want to say hello to her. But my question for you today, Mother, is, and I have asked this of several other religious people in the uh, Catholic community, and none of them have been able to satisfy my uh, question to, to where I can really feel like it's been resolved in my soul. Um, and here's my question. I believe that our creed states who we are as Catholics and what we believe in. And there's a line in the creed where we say um, he was born of the Virgin Mary, became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. Uh, On the third day, he rose again. Why do we say the word again? You know what, Katie? I've never thought of it, and I've never been asked the question. And offhand, I have to tell you, I don't know the answer to that. Um, He rose again, rather than saying he rose from the dead on the third day. He rose again. Um, You know, uh, he hadn't died and risen before, so it's not as if he rose a second time. But um, the only thing that quickly comes to my mind, and I won't offer it as an answer, is that he was alive, then he died, and he was alive again. Um, it, it, it doesn't answer your question that he rose again, you know. So um, he rose again, so he was alive again. But it, again, it doesn't use that language. I tell you what, dear Katie, um, it, I would, uh, I'm going to look that up because you have me on a question now that I don't know. I mean, that, that's not the only question I don't know. There are you're a lot not, of things. You're I, not alone. I have yes, asked this. Yes, I know, I know, I know. But I want to understand that more. And so, um, because it's it's the creed of 2,000 years. And so, you know what um, you might do um, is... Uh, you might give Catholic Answers a call okay. uh, in San Diego. They are as as outstanding an apost- apologetics apostolate as I think we have on the face of the earth. And so Catholic.com on the web, it may have yeah. been answered it on the web, but um, uh, ask for one of their apologists. They have a record of giving back to everyone within four days if you leave a message. And so go ahead and call them. And I'm going to do some work on that, Katie, and hopefully uh, bring it up on another program because that's a it's it's a wonderful thinking person's question. Good for you. Oh, well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And God bless you and the work that you do. I pray for you every night. Oh, how wonderful a gift, Katie. Thank you so much. God bless you. You're the Thanks. Gift, mother. Thanks. Thank, thank you. you, dear. Um, God bless you. We have a call from another Katie, it looks like. Are you there? I am, mother. I am. Hi. Hi, Katie. Hi. Good morning. Good, good morning, morning dear. So much. I've learned so much from you. Um, I'm going to try to make this brief. It's a long story, but I had a reversion. Um, I got married. I was not married in the church. My husband is nothing, not even Protestant, never baptized. When I had my reversion, 
um, he did marry me in the church. We got a special dispensation because he's not baptized. Um, our child, well, at the time, our child we baptized. Um, and then we had wait a minute. Child. Wait, he was—he's not even baptized. You're not Jewish, he's not right? Even baptized. No, no. Well, because because there is a Jewish dispensation special, but um, so he's not even baptized, and you got a dispensation to be married in the church. Wow. Okay. Um, From the bishop, yeah, and I, I double checked on that, so that because I got okay. Go ahead. Uh huh. My reversion. So he did. Um, then we had two children. We had them baptized Catholic. Um, he goes to church with me every Sunday, unless there's an absolute reason. Uh, he's not he's not religious at all. He won't pray with us. I've actually come out and asked him to pray, and he says no. But he does go because he promised to raise them in Catholic, and he Good. can do whatever I need to do. Good. And he's trying to respect me, um, but he just doesn't have that belief. He doesn't have it. Right. Um, so he goes with us every Sunday, and I think it's really important. Um, but the church we go to, it's I love it. I made all my sacraments there, but there's a folk band. There's a lot of clapping. It's just not not my idea of a it's not god's idea Um, it's not god's idea katie so my question is um do i he won't he wouldn't he's comfortable there and he goes with us every sunday do i say okay i want to go to a latin rite mass which is different time different i i just and i you know i can't force him to do anything and i i know that he will not he won't be interested in that. So do I keep going to this Mass and offer it as a sacrifice? No. No. Teaching my kids? No. No. Um, because how old are your children? They're 12 and 9. No. You go to a Latin Mass and, um, and say to your husband one time, sweetheart, um, this church... Uh, you know, I have received all the sac- sacraments. I, I'm, I thank God for them, but it doesn't really have the reverence that I'd like our children to be raised in. So um, would you come with me this Sunday? We'll take the children. There's a Latin Mass parish. You won't understand the Latin, but uh, particularly on Sundays, the priest repeats the um, um, the readings in English before the homily. And so, and there's a book there that's Latin and English. He could follow it if he wants to. He doesn't have to. But I would say to him, sweetheart, would you come with me? I found uh, a Latin church that is that is more reverent, and our children will truly come to know um, the reverence and the beauty and the holiness of God through that church. Would you come with us? And uh, if he'll grant you the one Sunday, then you go and you take the children and you, you pray a novena and ask Our Lady to to touch his heart. You know that Our Lord will penetrate his heart through that, and and at least he'll have come with you once. And if you want to continue there, just say to him, sweetheart, um, it's a matter of the future and the life of our children, and we want to continue that there. Um, and we want you to be with us. We d- want you to come with us. We're a family, sweetheart. Um, you, I'm grateful you agreed to raise our children Catholic, but they're they're not getting a true picture of Catholicism in this church. Um, uh, what it means to come before God. Uh, this is more of a cultural situation here, 
and we need the reverence of a holy hour uh, in church. There could be um, other times we can get together and sing and clap and do all of that, but for church, it's not appropriate. And so just speak to him calmly. Uh, instead of saying, I want to do this, say, I'd love us to do this, you know, use the fa- the language of family and um, uh, see if he'll see if he'll do it. But if he won't, if he won't, uh, don't stay at that Novus Auto Church with the clapping and the guitars and all that uh, for the sake of your husband. You need to raise your children Catholic. Go to the Latin church and be the most loving wife you can be to your husband, the most loving, respectful wife you could be, and pray, uh, even with the children, that eventually God will bring him around. Your children may not want it either, um, but because they've been raised uh, in irreverence, basically, and and now you're taking them to a new world. Uh, they probably have friends in your church, so um, it's not going to be easy for you, but give it a try. Give it a try. If you find it's impossible and you need to go back to that Novus Auto Church or find a more reverent Novus Auto Church, you could do that as well. Okay. All right, Katie. That's what I thought you were going to say. Thank All you. All right. All right, sweetheart. <laughs> All right, God. Mother. God bless. Okay. God bless you, sweetheart. We have a call from Stephanie on the line. Hi, Stephanie. Are you there? Hi, yes. I can hardly hear you, Stephanie. I'm sorry. Go. Are you speaking into the phone? Okay. Yes. Oh, wow. That's Um, world of difference. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. Well, my husband and I love you. We watch you online and on the radio. We listen. And my question is, I'm a cradle Catholic. In fact, I remember the Latin Mass as a little girl. And my husband and I have been attending um, the Latin Mass now on and off for about 18 years. Wow, okay. Um, and the parish in our town is quite close-knit. There are several families that kind of run everything, and we felt very excluded. And I'm often you know, reminded of Paul's scripture, where if I have all these gifts of the Holy Spirit, but You're I have right. no love. You're right. I have nothing. And my husband and I were getting discouraged. We don't want to go to the Novus Ordo. Um, we do it like that as well, but we really are Latin Mass Catholics, and we're praying that we feel so excluded. People are not friendly to us. Okay, Stephanie, there's our closing music. Let me offer a quick thought to you. We have got um, uh, 30 seconds here. Um, I understand what you're saying, and shame on that parish. Uh, It shouldn't be. I go to a Latin parish that is so beautiful and loving and it's not run by families it's run by a magnificent holy priest uh no parish should be run by families and so um i'd look for another latin parish if you can and if you can't uh saint francis de sales has a saying where there is no love put love and there will be love Rather than on and off, go to them all the time. And if they don't reach out to you, you reach out to them. Where there is no love, put love, and there will be love. We'll speak with you all tomorrow.